Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from their front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 41 of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. We don't have any interviews set up this week, so you're going to have to put up with us being stupid again. Sorry. Yeah, like they're not used to that. Yeah, well. This week we're going to talk about Christmas and maybe the parts of Christmas that you didn't know about. Ooh. So, Bella, let me ask you, first of all, why is Christmas celebrated on the 25th of December? Because it's not celebrated any other day. Mm, can you be a little bit more specific? Because it's when Jesus was born? No, actually not. Fine then. So, first of all, let me just say that we're obviously talking about Christmas as in the Christian faith today. Right. Okay. So no one really knows Jesus' real birthday. No date was ever given in the Bible. We celebrated on the 25th of December, yes, but early Christians had arguments as to when it actually should have been celebrated. The birth of Jesus probably didn't happen in year one, but slightly earlier, somewhere between 2 BCE or BC and 7 BC most likely 4 BC. The first recorded date of Christmas being celebrated on December the 25th was in the year 336, and this was during the time of the Roman Emperor Constantine. A few years later, Pope Julius officially declared that the birth of Jesus would be celebrated on the 25th of December, so it was him that actually decided that it was going to be on the 25th of December. wonder why he picked that. Well, I don't know. Early Christian tradition said that the day Mary was told that she would have a special baby, Jesus, was on March the 25th. And it's actually still celebrated today as March the 25th. And of course, nine months later from that would be December the 25th. So I think that's why they actually chose that particular day. While you're giving us all these little factoids along the way, how about I throw in a couple of Christmas traditions that different people do at Christmas to make it special for them and their family. Sure. Okay. So when I was little, my mom would get us kids into our pajamas and we would drive around the city in the dark looking at Christmas lights and drinking hot chocolate. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Can I just say that you know that when Jesus was born, just going back to that little bit a minute, it actually said that while shepherds watched their flocks at night, and they actually left the flocks that they were tending to travel. At winter time, their sheep wouldn't be out in the night time. They would actually have brought them in. So the chances are it wasn't winter time anyway. Oh, I see, because they wouldn't be out there anyhow. They would have already brought them in by then. I don't see why the sheep can't stay out all the time. I mean, they've got freaking sweaters on all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They always say, oh, wool is really warm. So they probably are pretty warm. Yeah. You shouldn't ask a Welsh bloke about sheep anyway. Well, y'all should know about sheep, other than the fact that they taste good. Yeah, we won't go on to that. <laughs> okay, so here's another tradition. I can never keep track of where all our ornaments and decorations come from. So we're making a picture book of them all to keep out around the holidays. This way, we don't have to worry if we don't have space on the tree for all of them. My plan is to have my girls fill in their own trinkets. Well, that's kind of cool, really. Do you remember a long time ago you bought me a present from, like, Mosaic? It was like a Mosaic photo. Yeah, it's actually an app that you can get on the phone called Mosaic, and you get loads of photos, and you arrange them in a Mosaic-type style, and then they give you a picture or a book or whatever 
you choose with all of those images in there, yeah. Yeah, so that would be kind of a neat thing to do as well. Yeah. Where are you getting all of these from, by the way? Because you're just reading them out. What I'm is getting it? them from random places on the internet, and all the links will be around so that people can read them. If so what, these are just traditions that people around the world... Exactly, just things that people do to make Christmas special to them, like how we eat ice cream on New Year's Day. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, bringing it back to the date, they reckon that as far as astronomy goes, because of where the Star of Bethlehem would have been at that particular time, it actually points to it being either spring or autumn. And in fact, when you look at the dates and you put everything together, it looks like probably the most likely month for Jesus to have been born would have actually been in September. Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of cool for him, isn't it? Because he gets to have like loads of birthdays because the Pope says it's on this day, and then astrologers say it'll be most likely on this day, and then some other person who interprets it and tries to figure it all out, like him another day. I mean... He could just be like, I'm with you 365 days a year. Well, Jesus is with us 365 days a year, apparently. Probably doesn't like birthday cake much, though, does he? But look at this. His birthday's in September. His real birthday's like the Queen's got two birthdays. His real birthday's in September. And then he gets Christmas in December. It's cool. Mm, yeah. Queen Jesus. Don't really see the similarities there, but, you know, we'll go with it. It's almost like the Queen being a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Queen is a normal person. <laughs> yeah, I know. She sits on a toilet and goes poop and pee just like everybody else, right? Uh, are we really going to reduce this podcast to the Queen's shit? The royal poopy. I'm just <laughs> I wonder if they got it decorated like a throne or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she actually has a throne for a throne. She's probably got somebody to go, here, push the button and flush it for me. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. She's got automatic, the ones that they have when, like, when you go out to rest stops and that. Will you please call my footman? <laughs> footman, wipe. <laughs> Front to back. Front to back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. My kids get a new tree decoration each year so that they will have a collection of their own to take with them when they leave home, complete with the memories to go along with them. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And seeing as I fucked my chances of a knighthood. Do you know that Christmas is also sometimes called Xmas? Have you any yes. idea why that is? Did they not know his name at first, so they marked it with an X? Uh, no. Well, it was a good guess. Did you know that the Bella that I was named after... The dog. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking muddly. <laughs> she couldn't read or write. Oh, wait there. Who is the belly you're named after? I don't know about this. It was my father's great-grandmother or my father's grandmother or something like that. I don't know right, exactly. Okay. But she couldn't read or write, so she signed her name on this document. I can't remember what it was, but I know it was like an important legal document that my dad used to have and keep. Yeah, she'd signed it with an X, and then a witness had to sign that... That she was the one that marked the X. Yep. Huh. It's funny, everything she signed, people thought was a treasure map. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) So, I always thought it was called Xmas because it was representing the cross. Obviously, Jesus, the the sign for Christianity, Mm. cross, etc., etc. Somebody that was drunk, so it was tilted. Yeah. So I always thought that it was called Xmas because of that, but actually it's not. So basically what it is, in the Greek language, 
and the Greek alphabet specifically, the letter that looks like an X is called chi, okay? And it looks like an X. That's the first letter of the Greek word Christ or Christos. Now, the early church used the first two letters of Christos in the Greek alphabet, which was chi and rho, to create the monogram single, or I guess you would call it like a rune. It's, I'm showing better a picture now, but it's like an X with a P over the top of it in the middle. And if you look at our show notes, you'll be able to see it as well. So that symbol was then used to signify Jesus, okay? Obviously, nowadays, people use the symbol of the fish, and that's used by Christians. Do you know why that fish sticker is like on the back of... You see it on the back of cars and that, don't you? That, it, the eternal yeah. sort of shape. It's like a fish. Any idea why that's used for Christianity? Because mm, didn't he make fish appear and say... The loaves that, and the fishes? Yeah. Yeah, but actually, no. That's not the reason. I'm giving all good answers. I they, don't know why good I don't answers. get any right. They are it's good answers, fair. honestly. I don't, I don't like your quizzes. It's not my quiz. I don't like it anyway. Basically, when the Christians were being hunted by the Romans, who wanted to kill them, the Christians developed a little code, okay? Because Jesus said that he wanted to make his followers fishers of men, they started to use the fish as a sort of code word between the Christians so they knew that it wasn't a Roman impersonating a Christian to kind of trap them. So what they would do is the first Christian would, in the sand, usually with his toe, make the first sign of a fish, sideways you if you like, okay? And then the second Christian who he was talking to would then finish it off to make it look like a fish. And that was their code word between themselves to say, hey, I am a real Christian. Let's hide from the fucking Romans. Or maybe it was just the symbol of the whale, you know, the one that ate Jonah? No. No, still struggling, aren't you? Yeah. Did you know that recently they found a ring that they believe belonged to Pontius Pilate? Oh, he was a dirty bastard, he was. Yeah, but he was rich. So they found a dirty ring. Go on, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, they believed that it was a ring that belonged to him. And I can't remember all the specifics because I wasn't thinking I was going to think of this guy at all. But apparently it was engraved with some sort of symbol that was used by his family so Pontius Pilate had symbols on his ring yeah see a lot of Americans won't kind (laughs) of get why we're kind of except for the people that I know that I used to work with back home they would probably all get it because we used to crack up all the time about a ring a ring is a bunghole y'all for people that don't know it (laughs) yeah and it's really funny because when I first told Bella that a ring in the UK is someone's asshole (laughs) She just cracked up, and then every time someone would say the word ring in America, and obviously she would read it as this new sort of connotation. Yes, a double this innuendo. New meaning. Yeah. yeah, it led to a few awkward situations, didn't it, where you were laughing and people just didn't know why you were laughing at them. Yes. So, there's this woman, she has four kids, and she says they do a secret Santa thing where they draw a name and buy for that sibling. So all of them buy for a different. Then they get to open these gifts on Christmas Eve. The kids look forward to this every year and take it seriously. They sweetly take their time buying something they know that sibling would love. So that is just like a secret Santa that people doing work all the time then? Yeah, but I think it means more because, you know, obviously they're, you know, they do care. Cheap asses. They care. They're only buying one gift rather than like four. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good thing because it teaches them that you have to give as well 
as receive things on Christmas. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. So do they have midnight mass in America? Yeah. They do. Okay, so that actually, that whole idea of mass, of getting together at that particular time of year, okay, is actually where Christmas comes from. It's Christ Mass, which I never realised. Right. Okay, so Christmas Eve, traditionally in the UK, I don't know whether they do this in America, but at 11 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. you'll hear four chimes of the largest bell in the church, because obviously there's several bells. Largest bell in the church will chime four times at 11 o'clock, and then at 12 o'clock, they will ring the bells properly. There'll be a full ringing of the bells. Yeah, I don't know. I never went to a Christmas mass or midnight mass. Well, we've got it down the road, so you should hear it on Christmas Eve at 11 p.m. if we're awake. You should hear it. I've never heard it before. That's because you're always drunk by then. I am not, you liar. I'm not supposed to lie. That's not good. You're not going to get any presents from Santa this year now. So, each year, we choose some people to surprise on Christmas Day with chocolates and cookies. So far... They've gone to children's hospitals, ambulance places, lost dogs, the ASPCA, what what do you call it here? RSPCA, RSPCA, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they would go and surprise people with things that they make. I think that's cool, but I wonder how much of the stuff actually gets eaten because if you don't know people today, you'd be kind of a little bit nervous to... Well, it doesn't have to be things to eat though, does it? I mean, just it's quite a nice idea really, just taking... People, you know, in the emergency services that are working hard all throughout the year or, like you said, you know, the the hospitals and that sort of stuff, taking them something mm-hmm. at that time of year, you know, just to sort of say, you know, we appreciate the fact that you're going to be working all over this period. Yeah. You know, you don't get a Christmas. My father was a police officer growing up and you obviously, as a nurse, know that you don't have time off at Christmas. You don't get any special holidays or days. It's the same as normal. So, yeah, I've got total respect for the people that work all over that period. I mean, yes, myself, I will be on call over Christmas, but, you know, I can do that from my living room. Well, I'm working. You're working. You're working Christmas Day. Yeah, you're going to bring me some candy and... I'll bring you up some candy if you want on Christmas Day. (laughs) It's actually quite interesting because what we used to do when my girls were young, we used to take all of their old toys just before Christmas that were still working up to the children's hospital because I know that when my eldest daughter, when she was about five, she had a hernia operation. And while waiting for the operation and all of that, the actual surgery, it's not only good to kill time for the child, who's obviously concerned about being in hospital, but also for the parent. And I think I was shitting myself more than what she was. But we got to play with all of the toys that were there in the hospital. And from that day on, we said, now every Christmas, just before Christmas, we're going to take up all of their old toys that were still working so that they could be used in the children's ward. So that's a really nice thing to do. It also frees up a little bit of space so they've got room in their cupboards for all their new presents. Well, that's what I used to do with Bryce. Right before his birthday and right before Christmas, he'd have to clean out his closet. Yeah. We would take it to charity. See, we're good people. Yeah. Just don't tell anybody. Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. You didn't celebrate Boxing Day in America, did you? I didn't know what it was. I mean, I'm sure maybe there was a Boxing Day, but my family didn't do it and nobody I knew ever said anything about Boxing Day but I'm sure it's probably marked on calendars you know as a holiday but I I, I used to see it and think you know what the hell did they do in boxing that had to be so important well I remember you asking me why it was called Boxing Day and I really didn't know either but I found out well I know why go on in because all of the people 
that had a lot of money in that, they would get little gifts for their servants or whatever, and they would give them to them on the day after Christmas. Oh, you little shit. I mean, that's pretty pretty damn good. And I thought I was going to give you a bit of new information today. (laughs) Boxing Day, for people who don't know, takes place on the 26th of December, so it's the day after Christmas. And it's only celebrated in a few countries. The UK, obviously, as we've said. Canada, Australia, South Africa, South Africa, and New Zealand. And in some European countries. In Germany, it's known as Zweitviertag. And I've probably said that totally wrong. And all the Germans are going to be pissing themselves at me now. Um, (laughs) Which also means second celebration. And also, oh man, I don't know whether I should even attempt this. Zweitweinachschnüffnigentag. Yeah, okay, so it's the day after Christmas. Which translates as Boxing Day, (laughs) although it doesn't literally mean that. I mean, why why put it down then? Okay, so it was started in the UK about 800 years ago, during the Middle Ages. And it was the day when the alms boxes, A-L-M-S, were uh, collection boxes for the poor. And they were often kept in churches. They were traditionally open so the contents could be distributed to the poor people on that day. Some churches actually still do this. But... It might have been the Romans that actually first brought this type of collection box to the UK, but they used them to collect money for the betting games which they played during their winter celebrations. Oh, right, yeah. Just take everybody else's money and gamble exactly. with it. Exactly, you got it. <laughs> Sensible. In the Netherlands, some collection boxes were made out of rough pottery called earthenware, and they were shaped like pigs, and they reckon that perhaps this is where piggy Pig banks bank. come from. Mm. So there we go. I know that my mother always used to tell me that a Christmas on December 6th in the Netherlands, they would put their shoes out and the you know they would get gifts in the shoes rather than in stockings and that would happen on December 6th, which I think was when the three wise men started their little journey to go find their little journey. They went well, on the Google Maps and it told them that it was going to take 19 days to get there. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's what December 6th is, but I think that is what it was. I mean, we can ask Google, but, you know, whatever. When I was a little girl, my mom would put the nativity scene out. So it would be little statues of, you know, the wise men and Mm -hmm. Mary and Joseph and blah, blah, blah. But they wouldn't put baby Jesus in the nativity set out until Christmas Eve. Yeah, so that makes sense. It's like advent calendars. When I was a kid, we always used to have the... Advent calendars that didn't have chocolates in and everything. They were just a really nice, colourful picture. And you'd open the first and it would be sort of maybe the angel coming down, speaking to Mary or something like that. And then the second would be then her talking to Joseph. And Can you imagine how that conversation went? No, she said, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And he would have been like, what? Mm-hmm, she yeah. said, I'm, I'm pregnant. And he was like, what? <laughs> and she, she said, "Yeah, seriously, I'm, you know, God came down and He told me, or an angel came down and told me that I'm pregnant." And he was like, yeah, "Who's this angel guy?" <laughs> yeah. Well, the funniest part of that is he was probably all like, "I haven't even been in them panties yet because you're a virgin." So <laughs> awkward. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, she was a virgin, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't she? Wasn't he? Uh. <laughs> well, he might have been as well. We don't know, do we? <laughs> I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation, it, though. Hold on a second. If I wonder how many of her neighbours then were getting knocked up by the guy down the road <laughs> and, and were saying to their husbands, hey, um, Jack. Mm-hmm. He came and yeah. visited me too. I, uh, <laughs> the, the angel paid me a visit. I, uh, yeah. I don't think I'm pregnant yet, but I'm pretty sure in the next couple of months I will be. <laughs> <laughs> but wait 
wait a minute. I thought that in order for a marriage to be final, you have to consummate it. So how could they be married back then and not... Maybe they weren't married at the time. That's even worse. Living in sin. But that, no, sorry, it was before Jesus. There wasn't sin then, so they were good. There wasn't sin? I thought there was sin. Well, yeah, but there was no he one there to He died because of all the sin. That was what I thought no, the deal was. No, what I'm saying is, is no one knowed there was... No one knowed? knowed. <laughs> no one knew there was sin because Jesus hadn't been there to tell anyone. And I knowed it's true because it was in the Bible. Oh, hell. <laughs> Candy canes. Candy canes actually originated in Germany around 250 years ago. And they started as straight sugar sticks. And the story goes that there's a choir master in 1670 was worried about the children sitting quietly during the service. Right. Who were going to be singing in the choir later on. So to shut them up, he gave them these candies. And he made them in the shape of a J to represent Jesus and the shepherd's crook. Oh, that's what I was just getting ready to say, the shepherd's crook. Dang it! (laughs) To keep their minds focused on the fact of why they were there. They weren't there to just enjoy candy and then jump up and sing every so often. They were there to obviously... So why peppermint? Well, I'm glad you asked that. So, first of all, the red stripes came in around 1900, okay? And they were added with a peppermint or wintergreen flavour. Now, the, they suggest that the white cane represented the purity of Jesus, the red stripes are for the blood that he shed when he died on the cross, and the peppermint flavour represents the hyssop plant that was used for purifying in the Bible. Now we know. So there we go. Makes me see candy canes in a whole different light now. And so it should. This is a lesson. <laughs> the first night that the tree is decorated and lit, The whole family sleeps around it. Our kids love the magic of falling asleep with the tree lights on. That's pretty cool too. I like that. Camping in the house. Mm -hmm. Have loads of trees around the place. It'd be like camping (laughs) in the forest, wouldn't it? What about if Bigfoot suddenly started coming out of it? You would crap yourself. Well, really suck is if you rolled over in your sleep and you knocked it down. I love that bit in Christmas Vacation, which is one of my favourite Christmas movies to watch. Mm. The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. When he gets the tree into the house and he undoes it and it just explodes. (laughs) And then he's covered in sap and he's sort of in bed in the night, you know, reading a magazine and he's all stuck to it and shit. (laughs) And shit. Shit. All stuck to it and shit. Somebody else says that they go outside at night and they look up at the sky and they're looking for red lights. And although parents know that they're airplane lights, the kids think it's Rudolph Snow. Oh, and, that's cool. And so they have to go home and go to bed because Sienna will be there soon. That's really cool. I don't know if, well, you know this because we've done it in the past, but if you look online, there are loads of Santa trackers where you can actually sit down with your kids in the evening on Christmas Eve and you can actually track where Santa is at that time. And I remember sort of going through that with my kids and then with my nieces and that. NORAD, I think. Yeah, NORAD do it, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's it's really cool to do. Okay, so the man behind Father Christmas was obviously St. Nick, St. Nicholas. Now, St. Nicholas was a bishop who lived in the 4th century in a place called Myra, M-Y-R-A, in Asia Minor. And Asia Minor is obviously now called Turkey. So he was a very rich man. His parents actually died when he was quite young and they left him all of their worldly goods. Okay, so the most famous story about St. Nick tells us about how the custom of hanging up stockings started. And it was that there was a poor man who had three daughters. The man was so poor he didn't have enough money for a dowry so his daughters couldn't get married. One night, Nicholas secretly dropped a bag of gold down the chimney and into the house. The bag fell into a stocking 
that had been hung by the fire to dry. This was repeated later with the second daughter. Finally, determined to discover the person who had given him the money, the father secretly hid by the fire every night until he caught Nicholas dropping a bag of gold. Nicholas actually begged the man not to tell anyone what he'd done because he didn't want to bring attention to himself. Mm, yeah. Soon the news got out and when anyone received a secret gift, it was thought that maybe it was from Nicholas. So because of his kindness, so he was obviously made a saint and he's not only the saint of children, but also the saint of sailors. One story tells of him helping sailors that were caught in a dreadful storm off the coast of Turkey. The storm was raging around them and all the men were terrified that their ship would sink beneath the giant waves. They prayed to St Nick to help them. Suddenly he was standing on the deck before them. He ordered the sea to be calm and then they were able to sail their ship safely to port. He was eventually exiled from Myra and later put in prison during the persecution by the emperor, Diocletian. No one really knows when he died, but it was on the 6th of December and it was either in 345 or 352 AD. In 1087, his bones were actually stolen from Turkey by some Italian merchant sailors and they actually kept them in the church in the Italian port of Bari. On St. Nicholas's feast day, which is the 6th of December, which is obviously that day that they thought that he probably died, the sailors of Bari still carry his statue from the cathedral out to the sea so that he can bless the waters and so give safe voyage to the sailors throughout the year. What I want to know is, why did these bunch of sailors all sitting around drinking and stuff with their rum and their little pirate flags and all that, why'd they go, hmm, we should pray to St. Nick because he's generous and he fills women's stockings with gold. Why did they decide that he was the saint that they should pray to? I know, but it fucking worked, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Somebody else here says that they light a candle for each loved one in heaven and share a thought or memory of each one. Then they spend the rest of that night watching Christmas movies. Ah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. I thought initially when you said about light a candle that it was going to be like after you've been in the bathroom when you light a candle. Mom used to do that, you know, when I was little, right? When I was little, she had this phobia of public toilets like me. She hated it. I mean, I won't go in a public toilet unless we're talking serious shit troubles, right? Yeah, yeah. And I would have to do the thing, just like I used to do to Bryce, have to stand in front of the door that she was, so, and she had to be able to see my feet, right? So she knew nobody was going to snatch me. I wonder what she'd have done if I'd have ran. I was going to say, if your feet disappeared <laughs> and she's there with out. a... Panties around her ankles and... Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Anyway. When I was... My parents used to take me in the toilet with them and I would stand in the same room as them but face the cubicle door. So I wasn't looking at them. My mother's knees would have been hitting my ass or something while she's taking a dump. No thanks. The toilets in America are weird anyway. I remember the first time I went into the one in Target, I think it was. Oh, no, it was in Walmart. There was a massive... (laughs) There was... I know what you're going to (laughs) say. There was, there's a massive gap by the hinge side <laughs> and by the lock side of the door. And I can remember sitting in there because I had really bad tummy issues at this particular point. <laughs> and I was sat on the loo and people were walking in and could see me. <coughs> or at least I could see them. Very disconcerting <laughs> when you're shitting yourself. Well, anyway, back to my mother. Were you laughing about the greeter? Yeah, someone tell everybody about the greeter. Just hang on a sec. Let me finish the story about my mom and her pooping. When she would get all done, she'd open the door and she'd have a piece of toilet paper in her hand and she'd light it. She'd light it with her match and then let it burn for a second, throw it in the toilet. Yeah. 
oh, what the hell is going on? And she's like, oh, it makes the smell go away. I'm like, you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you wonder why my toes are curling under the door? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny because like I should have ran just to see her come running out with her pants down around her ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? See, these days, <laughs> if you had smartphones on you and everything, you could, couldn't you? Because you could just sort of move away. And when she says, where are you, where are you? And you, you don't answer. She comes running right with her panties around her ankles and you snap a quick picture. And then you better fucking run because mm. I yeah. heard about your mum's reputation. <laughs> so, yeah, the greeter has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas. This has to do with the first time that you came to America. And one of the first places we went, <laughs> was Walmart so you could buy me a GPS because I'm directionally challenged. But anyway, before you go, let me just <laughs> let me just give a little bit of backstory. No, 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 no. We don't need a backstory. Let me just finish. Go on in, go on in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we walk into the Walmart, and people that go to Walmart probably know all about the Walmart greeter, who is sometimes somebody that's really old or somebody that has a disability. Right. So. There's a man in front of the door there as you walk into Walmart, and he's in a wheelchair. And what does my husband do? <laughs> he whips out $5 <laughs> to, give to, <laughs> to give to this guy because... <laughs> you suck. <laughs> because he thought... That he was a beggar. <laughs> no, 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 not a beggar. In this country, when you go into a store, very often you've got someone collecting for charity. And usually there's someone in a wheelchair that's there as well, or with a guide dog or something. And so I just thought... <laughs> you should... I thought that he was... No, I thought that he was collecting, so I I gave it in money, and he just looked at me like I was fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Bella's no help at all because she's she's on the floor laughing her head off, and just leave and just leaves me. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, I told your neighbour Reggie. And Reggie's like the coolest guy, man. I told Reggie, or Bella told Reggie, much in the same vein as she's telling you now, and he started pissing himself and saying, oh, man, you tipped the greeter. (laughs) I don't know. I was just just trying to be nice. (laughs) Cultural differences, see? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Where were we? Oh, God knows. <laughs> Back to Christmas now. So, how did Saint Nick become known as Santa Claus? Well, in the 16th century in Northern Europe, after the Reformation, the stories and traditions about Saint Nick became unpopular, but someone had to deliver presents to children at Christmas. So, in the UK, particularly in England, he became Father Christmas or Old Man Christmas. In some countries, including parts of Austria and Germany, the present giver became known as Christkind, a golden-haired baby with wings. See, when they're saying golden-haired baby, I'm not thinking about a baby just with gold hair. I'm thinking of like a Yeti baby. 
<laughs> but anyway, who symbolizes a newborn baby Jesus. In the early USA, his name was Chris Kringle from the Christkind. Later, Dutch settlers in the USA, like your mama, <laughs> took the old stories of St. Nicholas with them, and Chris Kringle and St. Nicholas became Sinterklaas, or as we now say, Santa Claus. And relating to what you said earlier, in Holland and some other European countries, children left their clogs or shoes out on the 5th of December to be filled with presents. On the 6th, yes. On the 5th, it says here. They also believe that if they leave some hay and carrots in their shoes for Sinterklaas, his horses will eat them and then they will be left some sweets. Horses. Horses, yeah. Then obviously in the Victorian era... Writers and poets and artists rediscovered the old stories and in an 1823 poem, quite a famous poem actually, called A Visit from St Nicholas or Twas the Night Before Christmas, it was published by Dr Clement Clark Moore who later claimed that he'd written it for his children. Now, the poem describes St Nick with eight reindeer instead of horses and gives them names. They became really well known in the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer which was written in 1949. And can you tell me the name of the reindeers? Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. Oh, and in then, exactly the order they've written them as well. Yeah, because it's part of Night Before Christmas thing. And then, of course, there was Rudolph. This person here says they play a game called the Dice Game on Christmas. So there'd be a pile of gifts that ranged from, you know, dollar store or pound gifts to scratch cards, lottery tickets, that sort of stuff. So... If you rolled a 7 or an 11, you get to open a gift. 7-Eleven. Maybe they bought it from the 7-Eleven. <laughs> if you roll a 5 or a 9, you can steal somebody else's gift, something that somebody's already picked. If you roll doubles, you got to trade with somebody who's already got one. And then after the last gift is opened, they go around one more time, and it's to see if anybody gets trades, and then you'd have to trade again. Hmm. Pretty good for the gamblers out yeah. there. And for the people who are getting the gifts. Mm-hmm. So obviously different countries have got different beliefs around Christmas. And in Germany and Austria, they actually believe in Krampus. I know, he's an evil Santa. Thank you. There's no need for me to tell my story now. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. In our culture, in sort of Western culture, it's very much the, you're either on the naughty or nice list, aren't you? Yeah, and traditionally, you would either get a present or you'd get a lump of coal. Of course, in the Victorian year, if you were cold, a lump of coal is a fucking present. Yeah, or a teaser anyway, you get one. But in Germany and Austria and those sort of areas around there, they believed in Krampus. And actually, if you were naughty, then you'd get a visit from Krampus instead of Santa. And Krampus was quite a scary looking dude, to be honest with you. He was a big, hairy character with horns and hooves and yeah. Kind of like the devil. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And I mean, there's a movie called Krampus, isn't there? Which is a pretty cool movie, actually. Yeah. Luckily, I can say I've never seen Krampus. I like it that way. I'd rather see nothing, because he killed people. Not cool. Well, he did in, in that. I mean, I don't know about the folklore, but... Well, I don't know either. So this other family, they say they always make a birthday cake for Jesus on Christmas Eve. Birthday cake. There's no better birthday cakes than the ones you get in America. Those birthday cakes you were getting me were amazing. So anyway, they would have this cake and sing happy birthday to Jesus. And so this family did that. And then when their children had children as grandparents, they would do that with their grandchildren. Cool. Well, in Catalonia, they have a tradition which is called Cagatio, 
Well, certainly that's how it's spelt, but it translates to defecating log. Cool. Basically, it's like a piñata, really, because in the fortnight leading up to Christmas, they create this log-type creature, which has a grin on it and everything else, and it's placed on the dining room table. The log must be fed every day with fruit, nuts, and sweets before, on Christmas Eve, where it's actually beaten with sticks, which makes it excrete the goodies that it's been filled with throughout December. Awesome. A shitting log. Whereas these days, people actually defecate a log. (laughs) Yeah. So now this one is probably my favorite that I have seen, and I so would love to do this, but a little late. So you take Tic Tacs and sugar, and you plant the Tic Tacs in the sugar. And then every day, the kids have to take glitter, and they water the Tic Tacs with the glitter. And then when nobody's looking on Christmas, you put candy canes in oh so they think that they think the candy canes are grown out of sugar anyway i think that's really cool it reminds me of bryce's kinder stuff that i used to do every time i used to go and visit bella and bryce in america i used to take over the kinder eggs and the first time i went over i took this 12 egg box not a normal egg box with 12 eggs spaces in it okay which had a British flag on the top of it because that's what our British eggs look like. I filled it with Kinder eggs. It was the only way I thought that I could pack the eggs in the suitcase without them getting damaged and keep them all together. So I put them in this egg box and then like wrapped it in towels and everything. Got stopped through customs because they didn't know what these 12 shiny metal-like things were showing up on their x-ray were, which had things inside them as well, which made it worse. But that's another story. Anyway, I get through customs finally, obviously give Bryce this egg box with these 12 Kinder eggs in there, which he thought was fantastic. But while we were in America, I actually had some extra eggs that I brought over with me because I bought them in bulk. And so what happened was, was that one night he was allowed to have a Kinder egg before he went to bed. And then when he woke up the following morning, he found that the box was full again. And it's obviously because I started to take these ones that I'd also brought with me and replace the ones in. But he thought he had a magic egg box. Yeah, we told him it was a magic egg box. Yeah, and it was amazing because he totally believed that, didn't he? Yeah, you know what the best part about that story is? What? When we moved here. Which is how many years after? Seven? Something like that. But anyway, when we moved here and we were packing, he still had that box. And when he realized it was fake, <laughs> went straight into recycling. No, he kept it all that time. I no, think that's that cool. pretty cool. It is cool. In Caracas, the capital of Venezuela, revelers travel to early morning church services on roller skates. That's their tradition. Roller skates, okay. In Portugal, families actually set extra places at the dining room table on Christmas morning for their deceased relatives. That's nice, That's isn't it? That's neat, yeah. yeah. Better have a fucking lot of chairs, though, wouldn't you? By the time you get old, like, you know, and you've and got... a super big... T- well, you could always do it like a buffet. You just have the plates stacked and then... Well, they can't stack the chairs, though. Where's everyone going to sit? We only have enough chairs for, for you know, the people... Oh, set places on the dining room table, yes. Yeah, so you don't need the chairs. Yeah. You just need the extra places, yeah. You need a fucking big table, then. That's why I said do it like a buffet. You just have a stack of plates... For all the ones that aren't there anymore, stack of plates. Yeah, I get. I know what a stack of plates <laughs> is. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I do have one thing, and I thought about this while I was looking for traditions for Christmas, and I thought this was really cool. Now, I know that books sometimes cost a lot of money, right? But they don't cost that much money for little kids' books. You know, the little, I don't know if, if you guys have books called the Golden Books or anything, 
or, or like the Dr. Seuss books. But this is pretty neat because you can do this leading up to Christmas. But instead of an advent calendar, buy books because I would never, ever deny Bryce a book. If he wanted a book, he got the book. Yeah, I've given him a stack of Playboy. Oh, nice. Now you made this little innocent thing that I had <laughs> all wrong. <laughs> anyway, instead of an advent calendar, all the days leading up from the 1st of December, give them a book. Wrap it, let them open the book, and they've got a book. That is cool. Mm-hmm. And it's not a Playboy book. You used to get your dad the Sports Illustrated Christmas edition, didn't you? Remember you telling me that? I did, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would get it every year for him. Sports Illustrated, pretty cool, really. He yeah. liked it. Yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> In the Czech Republic, over Christmas, Czech women actually would try and do something to predict their love lives for the following year. Oh, like bobbing for apples on Halloween. Kind of, although that <laughs> conjures up a whole new image in my head. But what they would do, these Czech women, is they would stand with their back to the door and they would toss their shoes over their shoulder and then they would look at the way it landed and if the toe was pointing towards the door, then the woman would get hitched within the next 12 months. In- and then she could wear that same shoe... And kick her husband up the ass when he didn't do something she wanted him to well, do. Well, imagine if she threw the shoe over the back of her shoulder and actually hit a guy with it. I bet that's been done more than once. <laughs> so in Norway, it's thought that Christmas Eve coincides with the arrival of evil spirits and witches. So to protect themselves, families hide all of their brooms before they go to bed. Hmm. Didn't know that. Hmm. In the Ukraine, Christmas trees are traditionally decorated with a fake spider and a web. The custom is said to bring good luck and it stems from old wives' tale about a poor woman who couldn't afford to decorate her tree. She woke up on Christmas morning to find that a spider had covered her whole tree in a glittering silky web. When I was a kid, they used to sell this stuff called angel hair that you could put over the tree. My mom used to put it on a tree every year and it would do that, give that real shimmery... Really? Yeah, but I don't remember what they used to make it out of, but I think they had stopped making it because it wasn't wasn't good for you. But it did look really cool on the tree. You know that silly string stuff that people Mm -hmm. spray? That is really, really flammable. Yeah. And so people used to spray that over over stuff. And I know that here it was you were sort of told, you know, if the Christmas tree lights get hot, you know, they could. Yeah, never mind. You don't have to get fucking hot. Never mind. You're going to bring a tree into your house. Yeah, but look at <laughs> look at that in the old days. The tree would come into the house, and then they would sit the candles on it. Yeah, true. I mean, Jesus, it doesn't bear thinking about it now, does it? Health oh. and safety. Health and safety. I didn't tell you this. I went to the local supermarket. Yesterday, right? I walked in on the way home from work and there wasn't a trolley, a, a cart, a shopping cart by the door. They're usually all mm-hmm. in a sort of like stack by the door. So I walked in and there was a woman there. And I said to her, where's all the trolleys? And she said, oh, they're right round the back, round the back of the car park. And I said, really, why are they all there? She said, I don't know. She said, they've just ended up there today with customers leaving them round the back. And it, yesterday it was blowing a gale. It was really wet. And I said, so is anyone going to bring any round the front then or what? And she said, we're not allowed to, health and safety. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me? She said, yeah, we're not allowed to move the trolleys through the car park. I said, well, we can. 
you know, customers yeah. are apparently allowed. Apparently, we're impervious to cars. Yeah. You know, when we're walking with a, a shopping trolley, I said, but you're not. She said, yeah, but we have to move them in stacks, in, in big stacks. I said, well, don't move them in big stacks. Then move them in little stacks. <laughs> I said, maybe even get more than one member of staff so you've got someone else there guiding. I said, you could even wear a high-vis vest. <laughs> she probably didn't like you She much. didn't like me very much. Yeah. No, not at all. In Greenland, they have a delicacy called matak. It's spelt M-A-T-T-A-K. And it is raw whale skin and blubber. There's another one called kiviak, which is when a small bird called an auk, an A-U-K, is wrapped in seal skin. It's buried for several months and then eaten once decomposed. Wow, yeah, I'm glad I'm not living there. Hmm. In India, about 2.3% of the population are Christians. I mean, that still works out to about 25 million people. The day is celebrated with midnight mass and present giving, but in the absence of fir trees or pine trees, they actually use banana trees and mango trees. And obviously they decorate them instead. Cool. Pretty sure the whole idea of decorating a tree came from the Vikings. Did it? I think so. I can't swear to it, but the whole Yule thing, I think they did start decorating trees. So... That's all of the Christmas stuff I've got. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) So I hope that you guys have found that interesting. There is something that I want to share with you all because I want to tell the world. Bella and I are going to be grandparents. Yay. (laughs) I'm only 45. Only. (laughs) Yeah, Bella's only 52. Screw you. (laughs) No, she's not. She's about my age-ish. I'm 48. She's 48. And I earned every one of my wrinkles. Yeah. Thank you. And But I'm still three years younger. My daughter, who is 21, actually invited us out to dinner. And she gave me an envelope with a coin sellotaped to the outside of it. And I opened up the envelope and took the coin away from the sellotape. And inside was a scratch card. And I scratched off the scratch card. And it was a scan of the baby. And that's how she told us. Very cool. I was like a soppy girl, wasn't I? Because mm. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. But I'm really, really pleased for her. But interestingly, and I haven't told you this yet, interestingly, she spoke to me the other day and said that because she's just had the scan that tells her the gender and the scan that she's had has told her that she's having a little girl. And she's been having dreams that have been... In all of her dreams, the baby has been... A girl. And even though other members of the family have been telling her that she was definitely going to be having a boy because the way she was carrying it, it's a little bullshit, but she was still dreaming, even after people have been saying that to her, she was still dreaming that she was having a girl. So I got in touch with a psychiatrist, or psychologist, sorry, who has researched into this type of thing and into dreams. And I have managed to get him to come onto our show. He's, he's agreed to it. Cool. He, he sent me an email the other day saying that he'd love to. So we just got to sort out the dates. And then, yeah, he'll be coming on the show as well. So we've got a couple of other guests that are coming on early part of next year. So we've got a good couple of exciting shows coming up for you. So please bear with us over the Christmas period because we do deserve a little break. Bella is working over the Christmas period. As you've already heard, she's working on Christmas Day. I'm on call over the Christmas period. So it's not really going to be much of a... A relaxing Christmas this year, is it? No. So we won't be putting a podcast out necessarily over Christmas, but obviously they will be out in early January. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for us because 
If you subscribe, it is free. We do get people messaging us saying, how much does it cost to subscribe? It costs nothing to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. So subscribe to the podcast. And what that will do is alert you every time you get a new podcast from us. So you're going to get that episode as soon as it comes out in January. Obviously, we won't speak to you before now. Please do have a very Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And over the Christmas period, please make sure you stay. You ready for this? One, two, three. Weird, Weird, wacky, wacky and and wonderful. wonderful. (laughs) Take care, guys. Merry Christmas. Bye.